All right, if you have your Bible, I would like you to turn over to Exodus chapter 34. This is a 10-part series to coincide with uh, the Ten Commandments. And we're titling it God's Top Ten. And it's principles for relationships. Now, God was the first one ever to have a top ten list. (laughs) And we need to remember that. Out of all the top ten lists that you can think of, God's top ten list was first. He's the one that established the top ten list. And the Bible calls them the Ten Commandments. You can find them in Exodus and Deuteronomy. And uh, one time it's mentioned in Exodus and twice it's mentioned in Deuteronomy. Uh, that's Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. But let's, let's look at Exodus 34 and verse 28 as we get started. So he, talking about Moses, was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So the Word of God calls the Ten Commandments the Ten Commandments. That's where it comes from. That's why we call the Ten Commandments the Ten Commandments. But I want us to take uh, a a look uh, in a different perspective at these Ten Commandments and not look at them so much as a list of do's and don'ts or a list of laws which they are, and I do believe that it was the law that God established through Moses. I don't want to take anything away from that, but I want us to look at a fresh perspective at these 10 commandments a little bit deeper as 10 principles that enhance our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. All right? So let's approach the 10 commandments with that understanding. And I believe that through this series that God's going to give us insight by the Holy Spirit to show us the principles behind these Ten Commandments. Do you, do you agree with that? So the, the first point, well, maybe, maybe I should wait till all of you agree with that. Do you agree <laughs> that we're going to see some things? Can, can the, word of God, the Word of God cannot be exhausted. And I believe he's given fresh revelation and fresh understanding to things that we've read over and over and over and over. Sometimes we discount some things that that are in the Old Testament. Really, because we identify as New Testament saints, sometimes we can look at the Old Testament and go, well, that, that was for then and this is for now. And so we get in this New Testament box and we never look back and see the principles that God established in the Old Testament. That's where we're coming from. So point number one, God desires relationship. God desires relationship. God designed us to be in right relationship with him and with others. That is the purpose that God made Adam and Eve, right? God desired a relationship with man. He created Adam and Eve for relationship. Notice that God did not build a house and put Adam in it and then build another house and put Eve in it. He created them for uh, for relationship, to connect. That's why deep in our heart we want to connect. That is why we want to connect with each other. But also all three of the songs that we sang this morning were talking about connection with God. 
And God created us to connect. God created us for relationship. And he redeemed Israel for relationship. And guess what? He redeemed us for relationship. That was his intentional purpose, and that purpose never changes. He redeemed you for relationship. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20. And we're, we're going to see uh, what, what the Lord was saying before he spoke the Ten Commandments. Look at this. Exodus chapter 20, and verses 1 through 3. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, you shall have no other gods before me. So before he begins with the Ten Commandments, he reminds Israel that he redeemed them, right? He establishes relationship before he begins this, do this, and this is the law and the commandments that I'm giving you to live by. Right? So God establishes the fact that He is their God and that they are His people. And the third thing that He establishes is they have been redeemed. He bought them back out of bondage, out of Egypt, out of sin, and now He's establishing principles whereby they can live their life. And that pl- applies directly to us. I bought you. I redeemed you, and here are some principles for our relationship together. Look in Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. Romans 6, 6 says it in a New Testament way. Romans 6, 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So if we're no longer slaves of sin, who bought us out of that slavery? Jesus did by his own blood. So here, God is saying to us in 2017, in Decula, in Lifeway Church, Hey, I am your God. You are my people. And I bought you with a price. I've redeemed you from death. I've redeemed you from sickness. I've redeemed you from sin. Hey, I'm the God. You're my people. It's a relationship. It's all about relationship. God wants deeper relationship with you. Can can you see that? No matter how deep your relationship is today, God wants a deeper relationship with you. He's freed us from sin so that we can look back now and see God's top ten as principles for our relationship with him and principles for our relationship with each other. God created and redeemed each one of us so that we could be in relationship with him. But here's the deal. We determine the depth of our relationship with God. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. We're going to see what what happens after God gave them the Ten Commandments. We're not going to go into each one of them today, but I just want to kind of give an introduction Why God gave them the Ten Commandments, it was all because of relationship. I'm going to begin reading in verse 18 of Exodus 20. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, 
you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test or prove you. Really, the Hebrew word there is to make better. And that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. So this is a clear picture of how Moses drew near, but how people drew back. Moses drew near like he did with the bush for relationship, but the people drew back in fear. Um, It's similar to many churches today. People in the church say, Pastor, you go up the mountain. You meet with God during the week and then come back and tell us what he said. (laughs) They don't want to draw near to God themselves. But notice, notice back in this verse, right here in verse 19, why they drew back. They said, they said, do not let God speak with us lest we die. So they were afraid of dying. You know, the thing is, every time you draw near God, to God in his presence, your flesh dies. Flesh has to die in the presence of the Lord. And that's a good thing. Because the more we draw near to him, the more we come into his presence, the more of our flesh has to die. That's where we need to stay and that's where we need to be. Dying is a great thing. Because only in dying then can Jesus live through you and cause you to walk in a newness of life. You know, people don't naturally go to God themselves. People, that's why religion... People gravitate towards religion because they want someone else to do their work for them. And sometimes you do have to push yourself into the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. But that's where relationship happens. In the presence of God. That's where relationship happens. So we determine the depth of our relationship with God. Psalm 103, verse 7. Psalm 103, verse 7. And here's an indication of the result that Moses had because he dared to draw near to the presence of God when Israel drew back from the presence of God. Psalm 103 verse 7 says, God made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. So in other words, the children of Israel knew what God did, but Moses knew why God did it. Moses understood the ways of God. And I I, I think I can speak for you, but I want to be a person that knows his ways. And I'm not just satisfied with seeing what he does, but I want to know why God does what he does. And And the way to know his ways is to draw near to his presence, to have communion and fellowship with him, right? You don't want to stand far back. No, we want to draw near. Point number two, worship. Worship the only God. And this is priority. This is, this is the first principle. Priority. Priority is number one. Right? The first 
commandment talks about priority. In Exodus 20, verse 3, the first, this is the first commandment. You shall have, God said, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, think about, um, think about that phrase. God is not saying that you're, you can have some gods, just don't have them before me. In the Hebrew, this is saying, really, you can have no other gods besides me. Or you can have no other gods, period, <laughs> other than me. That word before is translated in the Hebrew as more emphatic than just uh, you can have some gods, but, but make sure you have me as your God too. And this is important because you have to remember where Israel was. For 430 years, they're in bondage in Egypt. Now, Egypt, the Egyptian gods, uh, they were polytheistic, the Egyptian culture. And they had more gods, uh, scientists, or not scientists, but researchers have told us that uh, e Egyptians had more gods than any other culture that has been studied. They had 29 um, main gods and over 2,000 uh, smaller gods lesser gods, right? So, I mean, that's a lot of gods to worship. And they were there 430 years in Egypt, right? And so when they get out of bondage, cross the Red Sea, they begin to celebrate. Moses is up on the mountain, uh, on the mountain giving them the Ten Commandments. And what do, what do the Israelites do? Create another god. Out of the fire it jumped. Nobody knows how it happened. It's Aaron's fault. He did it. Right? They're blaming... The, are you guys with me? The Israelites blame Aaron for the gold calf that jumped out of the fire. The gold calf was a symbol of Ra, the bull god. And in the Hebrew, Ra meant the father... Ra to the Egyptians was the, was the father of all gods. So here they go, because their man Moses doesn't come down the mountain, they go to worshiping a gold calf that represents Ra, the Egyptian god. So was God right by saying, you shall have no other gods before me? Because you're mine, you belong to me, I redeemed you, and I want relationship with you. Listen, if we don't get the relationship right with God, we can't have good relationships with other people. That's where our priority needs to be in our relationship with God first. First. Jesus said it like this, Matthew chapter 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then, let me, let me paraphrase it. Everything else will go right with you. <laughs> if we'll only seek God first and worship Him. The thing about God's is, you're willing to bow down. Whatever, whatever takes your time and whatever takes your treasure is your God. People can worship their job. They can worship uh, their things, rich young ruler. But whatever takes your time and your treasure becomes your God. That's why God said at the very first, your priority is me. And guess what? My priority is you. Right? So, look at Isaiah 45.5. It echoes what God is saying in Exodus 20. 
Just another way to say it. But God, by His Spirit, says it again in Isaiah 45, 5. I am the Lord, and there is no other. No other what? No other Lord. There is no God besides me. Wow. This is creator of heaven and earth. The creator of the universes, plural. Because there's more than one universe. You have to come back next week and I'll tell you how, how we know that. But God deserves and desires all of our worship. All of our praise. So point number three. God comes first. This is how we flesh it out. How do we put God first in our lives? How do we act on the principle that says, that God says to us, I want you for myself. I mean, there have been many sermons on the jealous love of God. He loves you with an everlasting love. He wants your affection and deserves your attention. And there's purpose and reason in that because he wants to show you how good he is. And he knows that we're all born selfish into this, into this earth because of sin. And uh, we always have ourselves as our first priority. And we're taught that from a little kid. That's why little kids, they get mad. They, they, they're only acting out what they've been taught. When you take a toy away from them, ah, that's my toy. <laughs> right? You're like, where did you learn that from? Because of this, the sin on the earth. Mine, 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 mine. My time. I don't want to give up my time. I don't want to give up my money. That is self-centered Self-centric, self-serving, all the way to self-worship. My priority is me. And the world teaches it like, you better look out for yourself because no one else is going to look out for you. Well, that is to short-circuit your trust in God. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. God wants all of your trust. He deserves all of your trust. And the Bible's full of... uh, Examples of how God instructed us to give the firstborn, to give the first fruits. Um, when, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, God told them to bring all the gold, all the silver from Jericho into the house of God. Why? Because it was the first city that they conquered. It was their first. He didn't say, wait till you conquer all of the cities and find out what you have, and then give me a part of it, right? God is all about the firsts. There's a principle of the firsts. It goes right hand in hand with the principle of priority. What has your attention? God says, bring me the firstborn from your flock. Not wait until you have nine more sheep and then give me the one that you don't like that's causing trouble in the pen, you know? Or the... The one with all the spots are, no, no, give me your best. Give me your best. He said, bring me your first fruit from the harvest, and then your storehouses will be full, and your, your wine vats will overflow with abundance and blessing. Don't pay your bills first and see if you have anything left over. Listen, I, I, I used to live like that. 
There was a time in my life when I was single before we were married that I used to pay all the bills first, and then if I had any left over, then I would give it to God. And even in my heart at that young age, my dad didn't teach me how to tithe, but I knew that that was wrong. I knew that my heart was, oh man, I better pay these bills. Or they're going to come take things away from me. One day I woke up and I said, you know what? I don't care if they take. I, and at the time I had a car that was all broken and beaten up. I had, a, <laughs> I had an accident in the car and I never got it fixed. Has anybody ever driven a car like that? Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. I had to pray just so it would crank. And then I would pray for the people behind me <laughs> because of the oil and the big uh, cloud. of. And it wasn't a glory cloud. It was a cloud that was coming out of the back of the car. I could have been the fog machine in the neighborhood that's, you know, people down in the south, we had fog machines that came to the neighborhood and killed all the mosquitoes. But uh, <laughs> I've been there. Listen, I've been there. Where I was cheating God thinking I was doing something good by giving him the leftovers. God don't want your leftovers. He deserves our very best, right? Because he's been so, so good to us. Not because he's trying to be hard, but because he has been so, so good to us. And the principle of priority and the principle of first. This is the reason. You can turn over to Genesis chapter 4. This is the reason that God did not receive Cain's offering. He didn't accept Cain's offering. And listen, we're about to read in Genesis chapter 4. This was 2,500 years before the Ten Commandments. And God is establishing this principle of priority and the principle of first before he gave Moses the Ten Commandments. So Genesis, we're going to start reading Genesis chapter 4 and verse 3. Look at this. And in the process of time, it came to pass... That's a real important phrase there. It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn, that's also another key right there, the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So, Abel brought the firstborn of his flock, and it was accepted. Cain brought an offering after a period of time had passed, and God didn't, as said, it was unacceptable. He didn't bring the first fruit of the harvest. And so that's why it was unacceptable for the Lord. We need to give God the first. This is the principle of priority. Matthew uh, I already mentioned in Jesus, uh, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things, the things that you're worried about and the things that you need, the, the food that you're going to eat, the clothes that you're going to wear, because Matthew 6 talks about worry and how worry is a sin and how we get worried about all this stuff. Well, God doesn't want us to live worried, but if we'll just practice this principle of priority and the principle of first, and put God first. I'm not just talking about praying first in the morning. That is not the principle of priority. Principle of priority overflows in every area of our life. Every area of our life. So when we put God first, we can expect 
that God will take care of us. Look at 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17 talks about the widow who was about to uh, make a cake. Her and her son were going to eat the cake and die. That's a sad situation. I've just got just a little bit to make this cake. Me and my son are going to eat it and we're going to die. So God saw that as an opportunity. You know, God always does, when he's doing something on this front, something else is happening on the other front. Now, Elijah was there and he needed some food, right? He was a prophet. He needed to eat. And so God told him to go visit this widow. This, this mother that had the oil, had the grain, and uh, to make a cake. Look here, uh, verse 12. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Now the sticks she was gathering together was to, to, to make a fire so that she could you know, cook this cake so they, they could eat the cake and die. And Elijah said to her, verse 13, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. Everybody say first. And bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. That's important. This is a word from the Lord. Not just Elijah's good idea. There's good and then there's God. Elijah was speaking from God. This wasn't just a good idea. Elijah wasn't, wasn't just trying to take the woman's cake. <laughs> but he said, thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. She and her household, not just, not just her son, she and her household. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the oil of, uh, jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So, God moved in two ways to provide Elijah something to eat to sustain him and to provide this woman who was going in to make her little cake and eat it and die. God is a multi purpose, multifaceted God. And let me tell you, this morning while you're sitting here, He is working on your behalf. He wants you to know. This is a word from the Lord for some of you. That the thing that you've been worried over, and maybe you just see all that you've got, and you're going to make a little cake and die, God's sending somebody there. And as long as you'll keep God first, make Him first, give Him first priority in your life. When you don't know what to do, go to your knees and go to the throne room. It is, it's as easy as, Lord... Show me. Show me what I don't see. Because I know that you see what I don't see. And I need to see what you see. Right? That's why God said, you'll have no other gods before me. Because no one can serve you like God can. This woman needed something and God sent a prophet. 
And at the prophet's word, she obeyed. And it worked out for her, and it worked out for him. Isn't God good? Doesn't he deserve our worship? Doesn't he deserve to be first place in our life? Now, there's so much more about priority, but I believe that, that is, that's, that's the crux of it. God wants us to serve him and love him with all of our heart, all of our strength. Think about Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How can you trust in the Lord with all your heart if he doesn't have first priority in your life? That's why we, at times, we find it hard to trust in the Lord with all of our heart because we haven't made the Lord our first priority. Let's just take a minute and ask the Holy Spirit. You ask the Holy Spirit what he's been speaking to you through this message. Father, thank you for showing us how you deserve and how you created us for, for relationship and how you deserve all of our affection, attention, worship, 